Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. Welcome to Off the Bench with Cannell and Bell. Our buddy David Sampson joins us today to preview the World Series. We get his pick a little bit later in the show. Raja is back in studio with us after a long week off. We're going to dive into LeBron and the Lakers with him. But first, Monday Night Football, the Falcons won. But another game where Julio Jones couldn't find the end zone. I think it's strictly because they're defending him. Like, they're doubling him in the red zone. And that's why Calvin Ridley's getting all these opportunities. That's why I see the rookie up there with six. He's too good of a receiver. Now, he didn't have a touchdown in the last 12 games he's played. Like, it... it it's a very weird thing. I don't have an answer. I tend to agree with you. Like, I, it's as simple maybe as them rolling somebody over the top and just making sure that their best weapon doesn't beat me. But that's, I don't, when was the last time that a number one receiver, maybe one of the best receivers in the game, went 12 games without a touchdown? I want to see a play for him. I want to see them. He's got to get off the, the schneid, right? Yeah. So when they're in the red zone, I want to see them use a pick play. I'm with back you. Or do something to get him the ball. Because by the same, like, the same mentality, right? If, if I'm not going to let, your best player beat me, I'd be damn sure my best player gets a shot at the ball when I got a chance to score. Like, I don't care if I got to force it to you one time. Like, if we're talking about 25% of those throws, you're going to get a look at it. Like, I just, mentality has had some opportunities, obviously not enough if he hasn't got one, but they've tried some fade routes in there. They've tried to work them. They're not high percentage throws, obviously, and he hasn't caught some, but I think he'll get, he'll get his touchdowns before long. Uh, so the game last night, Falcons up winning, uh, 23-20, a lot of, like kind of takeaways from the game. One, the Giants are bad. Like there, and there's a reason they're a one-win team. You needed I think that you game for that. the takeaway. <laughs> no, 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 no. But here, so I think you saw Eli's kind of issues coming to a head again. As and man, the first half he was hitting checkdown after checkdown, like swing pass, swing pass. And I think that was Pat Shermer telling him, "Hey, our offensive line is struggling, so let's make sure that we get him out, get it out quick." And he, it was almost like he, it was in his head somewhat that he was doing that. But there was a couple interesting. Nuggets, like for if you're an analytics nerd, which there is a very loud, like if you if you say anything against the analytics people on Twitter, you better watch out because they're yeah. coming for you. They don't mess they around. Roll, they're rolling deep, and they were out in full force last night because the Giants were down 14 points with four and a half minutes left to go, roughly. They score a touchdown, so they're down eight. So normal course of history over football, that's plenty of time. You're thinking, hey, we're not going to chase the points. That's a popular term right. to use. You kick the field goal, then you're down a touchdown, and you move on. But Pat Shermer said, hey, I'm a forward-thinking guy. I'm going to pay attention to some of these analytics. I'm going to go for two. He did. To his credit, Odell Beckham had it in his hands. If he would have caught that, they would have. everybody would have been saying, what a great move. They didn't, so then they end up chasing the points, end up getting their 20 points later, uh, but it was with five seconds left when the game was sort of over. So all the analytics people are saying, yay, way to go. And all the hardcore people, our hardcore football people are saying, what was he thinking? What was he doing? I'm on the side of it's his team. I think he did have an approach. He said he wanted to be aggressive. I'm cool with it. Like I've, if I've been cool with all these coaches going for two, uh, going for it on fourth down, I think the new, new extra point being further back is not a hundred percent guarantee. So I'm totally fine with him going for it there. The fact is that you said something that we should talk about, which is what was he thinking? And in this world of analytics right now, we don't want our managers to think in baseball. You don't, maybe they don't want the coaches thinking. You've got a form. At this point in the game, down eight, down 13, down 14, there's a chart that has been studied and it's gone through the Dr. Seuss machine. Correct. And out comes what you do. 
There, I don't think there's any more thinking. Well, any good coach, and I, that doesn't necessarily come in baseball. Did it come from you guys? Because like, it, 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 I think it did absolutely. Really? Yeah, for no, sure. No, see, I don't love that. But <laughs> no, I don't like a coach. A coach and his staff, uh, with whatever brain trust he's got, should come up with with situational um, like characteristics for your team. Like situationally, we will do this, right? And I agree with you. Like, and I used to say to Tyrone Corbin at times, who struggled with play calling, like late in games. And I know I bash him, but this is a very real thing. Like. It was obvious that when when he got the clipboard with 35 seconds to go in a game and we needed a, a play, that wasn't his strong suit. So he should have had like note cards in your pocket, just things that you can draw on situationally. This is what we're going to do. And so I agree with you um, on that. And I had no problem with it. I mean, that's not a whole analytical like debate. If you got two shots at getting two points, it gives you a better percentage chance of right. getting it. So I'm right. I'm 100 with that. Here's what I'll say about Odell Beckham Jr. Um, like I do agree that he's possibly the best wide receiver in football. Like I, I think top three. like he's top three, right? You're yep. talking about they pay you to make that catch. They yep. pay you to make that catch. And no, like was it a tough catch? I, yes, absolutely. But w- when you like the, the difference between you and all the other really good receivers is that catch. That's what you get paid that type of money uh to do. And so, you know, it would yeah, all been it, it would all been moved if you 100% agree. Now, the throw was a little bit behind him. He kind of yep. had to adjust. But you it. make that catch. Exactly. And if you saw the super slow-mo replay, it hits him in the hands and it went through him and he dropped it. Pat Shermer after the game. This is where I think cuz he came out in his press conference after the game before answering any questions. He said, "Let me get this out of the way." Kind of had an opening statement. He said, "Um, you increase your chances by 50% if you go for it and make it there because then if we score a touchdown, we just kick the extra point and win. I think it's an aggressive approach. So I'm like, I'm fine with it. I'm good with it going for it. Where I'm not fine with it is when they later in the game, so they're trying to come back and they, so they, this didn't really matter in the bigger picture because their defense didn't get the stops they needed, but they're down 23-12 and they reached the Atlanta one yard line in the final minute, zero times timeouts left and they ran back to back quarterback sneaks with Eli Manning. Time waster. Saquon Barkley, the yeah. number two overall pick. Why not run him twice or the first time? Maybe you get it and then you don't kill the time because they scored with five seconds left. And the only reason that it was good is if you had the Giants plus four, which I mentioned earlier and you got the backdoor cover. Other than that, the game seemed pretty irrelevant. I do think it was interesting. From a, like a, a pure like breakdown of the game that Atlanta is getting right. Like their defense has been really bad. They got Grady Jarrett back, uh, on the defensive line. I thought you saw an immediate impact from him. And this division, which is brutal, this NFC South, all of a sudden the Falcons, I get that they're three and four. I get that they've had a rough stretch of it, but they can claw their way back into this thing. They go to the Redskins, should win. Could win. I'll say should. could win. Redskins are sneaky, man. The Redskins right. are sneaky. sneaky. Good. Yeah. They had a good win, uh, this past weekend against the Cowboys. Then they go to Cleveland. And like the NFL is so competitive. There's a lot of parity. They'll be favored in this game. Mm-hmm. I'll put it. I'll put it that way. They'll be favored in that one. Then they have a home game versus the Cowboys. They'll be favored. If they win those three, all of a sudden they're six and four, and they're going on the road to the Saints in an in division game. So I think the Falcons are in a pretty good spot considering the atrocious start they had. They're gonna be five and five. Matt Ryan's been playing. <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna go two and one. But they're they're two still, and one. But, but yeah, that no. might be like in the mix, and that's yeah. all you want to be is a chance of the playoffs. And they'll be in the wild card hunt if they're not in the you know right, hunt. right, right. Yeah, I think Matt Ryan's been playing a playoff quarterback the whole season, and his team is finally beginning to catch up, and it's not too late. So it's already week eight, but it's only week eight. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on Matt Ryan, and I hope their defense gets healthy. But here's what I'm gonna say to you: What I'm not ready to say that anyone looks like they're getting back after beating the one in six Giants. I'm just not doing <laughs> that. that. I am absolutely not that doing that. Fair, fair point. point. That is a very fair point. Uh, and the other thing is, there's really four teams, maybe five if you include the Chargers. But you got the Rams, and you have uh, the Saints. 
uh, in the NFC. And may, maybe if you throw in uh, the Vikings in there too. And then you got the Patriots and Chiefs in the AFC and maybe the Chargers. There's like four, maybe six teams that are kind of separated themselves. Right. And then it's a bunch of teams that are kind of in the thick of it. And then there's some awful teams like the Raiders, the 49ers, Giants, Giants are in there too. So you just want to have like a have chance a shot. And, have, and be in part of that middle uh, group. So the Cowboys have not been very good. They're trying to get to this chance where because NFC East is wide open as the Eagles hit, you know blew that lead the other day so they weren't able, the Redskins are in the uh, top of the division yep. they're looking for ways to kind of get themselves more competitive after watching them against the Washington Redskins the other day their offense looks anemic so they need some help so they go ahead and make a blockbuster trade I think and this is I think is going to be a really interesting trade deadline what's coming up in a you week keep saying that you mean he right who you keep saying well, that. Well, they, the Cowboys. But it's really he. You are correct. It's yes, he. it is Jerry Jones. Just he. Jerry Jones actually canceled his radio, his weekly radio appearance yesterday, and obviously he was doing work, which yeah, is a good thing. I'd rather hear him doing work than yeah. out there, you know, being the face of the Cowboys. Makes a trade, first round pick. They acquire Amari Cooper, former first round pick, fourth overall out of Alabama, had a monster first two years in the league. And right. Quiet, but he's only 24 years old. I think it's a smart move for all parties involved. Overpay. Why? You overpaid every, the, there was an offer, I believe, for a second rounder. In, in football, first rounders are like gold. I don't think and they are. And to trade a first rounder to try to save a season, Jerry Jones, the owner, said to Jerry Jones, the GM, my God, it's another wasted season. I'm getting older. We haven't won in a long time. We gotta do something. Jerry Jones, the GM, said, I'll take care of this. I know what to do. I'll do a mid-season trade for a name that is not really producing the way he had. Right. He's just a great name. And Jerry Jones, the owner, said, way to go. So, I, I, I go ahead. I actually, I actually like the deal. I, I like, I agree, I agree to, no, it's, they're not gold. All right, they're they're like they're like they could be gold. They could be gold, but it's not guaranteed gold. (laughs) It's not silver necessarily. We're gonna go with some like hybrid precious metal. (laughs) I don't don't know, but anyway, um, look, the the Cowboys are in a weird spot in that they've got to make a decision on Dak. Right, it's really hard to do that when Cole Cole Beasley Beasley. as your number one wide receiver. Right, so you kind of have to get something in there where you're going to be able to make this decision on the investment that you have to make in Dak. And the NFC, what the NFC Northeast East, is yeah. wide open. Like yes. It's still, I mean, you're, you're sitting there at three and four, uh, but the Redskins are at four and two. So like you kind of could kill two birds with one stone. Like you get really competitive potentially. Yep. And now you've got this weapon to where you can probably make a better assessment as to where Dak is or, or where he'll be going forward. Um, so I don't hate it. Um, I really like it from Oakland's standpoint, though. That's why I say yeah. it's like a win-win, right? Because, and I would have liked to have known if this was the deal going in. Like, it would have explained a lot of the Khalil Mack situation up front. If John Gruden and Brass knew, look, this is our last year in Oakland, potentially. Like, we're going to take this thing. We got you on a 10-year deal. We're going to start from scratch. Like, we're not going to come out and say that, but this is what we're going to do. It's your team. You got the reins. If you don't like what we got here, fine. Blow it up accrue all these draft picks and let's move forward with that. It would have explained a lot of the Khalil Mack situation to me. And so you're not viable. You don't think you have a good team. Blow it up They're and start awful. from scratch. And he had, well, see, here's the fun. Here's the thing that's funny with John Gruden. Cause in February on Amara Cooper, he said he'll be the focal point of our offense. Yeah. Then, uh, in trade rumors last week, cause it was reported and see, yeah, this is the thing. I think there's a disconnect between John Gruden and ownership. 
because he's clearly sending out different mixed signals. Last week there was a rumor said these players. I don't. He's full of stuff. <laughs> just like every or GM. Or he's one. disconnected. Full of it. Or he's disconnected. I wouldn't be surprised. So last week there were trade rumors and he said, I haven't heard that. I'm just sorry to have to deal with a lot Stop. of these reports. Terrible. Then they traded. But you know what else he Stop. said? You know what else John Gruden said? He said, we are not tanking. Whether he knows it or not, they are tanking because they are bad and they're acquiring picks for the future when they move, uh, to, to Las Vegas. Right. Getting, but see, I, I do think there's more to this story because I do feel Amari Cooper was not fitting in with what John Gruden was doing. Like, Clearly. I think he shut it down. A lot of guys in that locker room have shut it down. And so why not get him in a place where he's happier? You get a first round pick. I think it's a win-win for everybody. I do think he'll be better too in, in, totally. in Dallas. And I absolutely and, will. Not because Dak's better than, than, uh, I think than, he'll be happier than Derek Carr, but just because matters. your point, right? Yes. He'll, he'll want to play. When you're year one of a 10 year deal and ten we're year. talking about the fact that ten year he's deal. not, on point, he is the face of the franchise, period. He's the talking head. Yes. He's got to be in line with ownership, and he is. Yep. You don't sign as an ownership group. You don't sign a coach to a 10-year deal is without lying. I don't know. He is lying. I don't know. I don't know I if he is. I'm agreeing with Roger. He's, of course, lying. <laughs> of course and he's we're lying. catching him. To your point, to the trade values, when you said first-round picks are gold, I view them as 50-50. Like there is a 50-50 chance the guy's a home run. I would rather go with a known, which is a young wide receiver who's shown me flashes of brilliance at, in the NFL level. I get he's been a little bit up and down. I get, I would rather go with the known than somebody who I have no idea how they're going to be when they reach the NFL. But you're rebuilding. You're no, I'm saying from the Cowboys standpoint. I'm saying from them saying, all right, we're going to go. We're going to give up the number one. Like, I, I'm willing to part ways with the unknown. That's for a proven entity. For a it's proven an owner who's unwilling to rebuild, who doesn't realize his team probably isn't good enough. The Cowboys have not been good. I mean, if you think about yeah. the decision they have to make, you have to start with a quarterback. In football, for me, you build around. Well, they think yes. they they clearly. If you listen, if you yeah, believe, Jerry if you Jones believe, said he's a franchise quarterback. Right. If you believe every everything that comes out of a, of an organization, if we're going on that, then they clearly believe <laughs> they clearly believe that they've it's got the quarterback. 50, 50. It's not even right. 50, 50. No, I agree. <laughs> and I thought so because so Jason Garrett's taken a lot of heat for the play calling at the end of the Redskins games, which I think he should have. But I think it might be more of a diamond of his belief in Dak Prescott or lack of belief in Dak Prescott. Yeah. The fact that he wasn't more aggressive and playing for ties because he's like, man, I don't. I don't know if my guy can get it done. So I think this is absolutely this is them trying to figure out Dak and saying, you know, it's really hard to judge him right now. We need to see what he does with a number one, a legit number one out there. Uh, Amari Cooper and I. This is kind of off topic a little bit, but I, I'm interested because I always felt like ownership, um, front offices didn't take the human element into account. Like we we were commodities to some degree, right? And yes, we have to do our job. We're professionals. But when you have as much change as, as teams t- sometimes have and yeah. regimes and so on and so forth, it's kind of hard for guys to be stable in those environments. And not everyone's, you know, the same type of mental makeup as everyone else, right? So some guys might not skip a beat. And a guy like Amari Cooper, I'm grabbing your phone like it's not touch some my guys, phone again. <laughs> some guys like Amari Cooper, like they may struggle with that. I always, I, did you guys account for that at all? When, when you were looking at a guy maybe struggle when a new regime came in or there was turmoil in your, in your uh, clubhouse. This was one of our big issues because I didn't look at that. Yeah. And I don't look at that. And there were other people in the organization who did. My view, and I'm admittedly not an athlete and you guys are and you can talk about it more, but here's what you're going to say. Of course it matters when you come to the, to the park every day, not knowing what your, who your teammates are going to be. You can't get into a rhythm. You can't figure out how it's going to work. You know what? Just do your job. 
Yep. Yeah. Just suit up to your job. Odell Beckham doesn't drop a two-point conversion because he's worried about Agreed. what's going on in the locker room. Agreed. Prescott doesn't have an incomplete pass. When you're on the field, you, you're you doing your job, and just don't take it into the clubhouse. That's that's a very myopic view of, like, the the world of an athlete, name. right? Yeah. Like, it, it's – but I agree with you in that that one play probably doesn't happen because of – you know, the turmoil going on off the field or in the locker room, but just generally speaking, it can unsettle an athlete. Like, like a horse, for example. Like, you, you got, you, you see what they try to do to keep these like thoroughbreds, yeah. like, you know, locked in and make sure all the noise is, is out for them and so on and so forth. Like, that's what you're dealing with there, right? You want, you know, you want to keep it as normal for someone who is a creature of habit and most athletes are. Like, you, you want to create some stability for them. So I think it could seep in, but I agree with you that that one play you, isn't the are reason. Are you comparing athletes to horses? Yeah. Yeah. It's just so you know, I believe that if we did that, it would be our last day on the air. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that if I gave you an – say, hey, Raja. Yeah. You're like secretariat. So, would that be nice for me to say? Um, I wouldn't necessarily would you be, would be offended. I, 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 I see where you're going with it. Like, if, if you were, world if you were, political like, correctness. If you were calling me an animal, like maybe, but like if I'm a <laughs> secretary and not right. an animal. Before we get in trouble, before we get in trouble, let's go ahead. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, to the Raiders acquiring all his first, uh, yeah. first round picks, they better do better than they have the last 50 that the Raiders have taken in the last six drafts. Uh, and the mean, last, on the last 50 players to yeah. drafted overall, any not any pick, only 16% remain. That's the lowest percentage among all 32 teams. They have oh, a baby. better job. That's one of the great segues drafting. of all time. He's <laughs> trying yeah, to, I'm just trying, <laughs> to, trying to corral us. Trouble. Uh, LeBron, I want to hear Raja's take on his last shot because I didn't love it. We'll see if Raja did. Coming up next, not the bench. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything because I was going to save my money, but I, I just can't anymore. It's... 70-something points in the paint to 50-something. Again, they outshoot us from the free throw line. 38 free throws. I Watch the play. Watch the play where I got a technical foul on. Watch what happened to LeBron James's arm. It's the same thing that James Harden and Chris Paul shot 30 free throws on us the night before. Then LeBron pulls up on a screen, somebody trying to fight over. Same, same thing they shot free throws on. Same thing. We are scoring 70 points a night in the in the paint. That we're putting pressure on the Josh Hart. Watch how Josh Hart plays this game. He played 40 minutes tonight. All he does is attack the rim. Zero free throws tonight. Zero. So to me, it doesn't matter. If I, I know they're young. I get that. But if we're going to play a certain way, let's not reward people for flopping 30 feet from the hole on plays that have nothing to do with that possession. They're just flopping just to keep, see if they get a foul call. And then not reward Players that are physically going to the basket and getting hit. It's not right. It is Damn. not right. Wow. Like Raja back it's, in the day. It's not right though. I agree with him. That's a mid-season rant. Yeah, correct. Oh and three. Well, he, it felt a little forced to me. No. To honest, you thought that was no, genuine? that was genuine. That was 100% genuine. Look, his team's been, you're scoring 70 points uh, uh, a night in the paint and you're getting outshot on the free throw line by some of these teams. Like that's, that's inexcusable. Some of it's the LeBron effect. Like you got a double whammy going, right? Like yep. you got a, the LeBron effect, which is a very real thing. He's so big, so strong. You could probably call a foul every time he goes to the basket, but you can't do that, so you don't. Uh, and then he's playing with a bunch of young pups who, you know, historically don't get calls in the league, which I always thought was the most asinine thing. Like, why? Because D Wade is five years older than Josh Hart. Like, just use an example. Like, that's so stupid. If it's a foul, it's a foul. So, you know, I think it was genuine. I think he's got something there. All right, so let's break down the last part of this game because we were talking about it through the highlights. I didn't love the last shot. I don't, and you actually, we talked about this a few weeks ago here on the podcast. 
that that's maybe his one weakness as he doesn't want to be on the free throw line there. That's why he doesn't drive more. Do you yeah. think that's the case or you think it's just his tendency in that situation? Or do you think it's literally in the back of his mind, I don't want to get in the free throw line? Because I don't think that's the case. I think just, I think that's his default move. I think that of- is his default move as, as, look, it gets harder the older you get to get to the rim. And I alluded to it while the, while the, but don't you think he can always get to the rim? No, I not in that situation. Like, he can't just he bully his way to do the bully ball. He looked no. tired. He, yeah, he's, he's tired. He's been on the ball the whole game. You got Rudy Gay on you, who's long and, and as athletic, you know, to some degree as you are. Um, and there's no movement. So not only is Rudy on you, but now David Sampson's like closing the gap on one side, the gap's closed on that side. And when he was a teenager, like he could be on top of the rim like that. Now he's got to bully his way to the basket. It's not that easy anymore. So you wind up and your jump shot has improved. Like you wind up settling for that step back. That's why I think it's on a coach to have some kind of action. Like I want LeBron to not have it to start the play. So it just devolves into like ISO ball. Occasionally I'll do that, but sometimes I want to give the ball to another player, have him set up LeBron a la Patty Mills coming off the dribble handoff for the shot. And that's what basketball is used that to LeBron, be. LeBron though? Is that his game? I think that's Can what, he do that? Can he, he likes starting with the ball. He does. No, just, yes. Like coaches, the challenge when you coach LeBron is he is most comfortable with the ball. And you could say all of like, oh, you know, we're going to play off the ball. We're going to do it. It always winds up with LeBron having the ball. Right? <laughs> right. So yeah, but a good coach with a strong hand. Um, could say, look, you're gonna have the ball. I just don't want you starting with it so they can't all lock in on you. You know what I mean? And that's why I felt like if Luke Walton could get him to buy into that and the jury's still out, like he could have a chance. That's if, what I was gonna say. Win, he could have Let's a go to the huddle. Go inside the huddle. Five seconds left. LeBron just misses two. Patty Mills runs a great Popovich led play to take the lead. Luke Walton calls a play that has LeBron getting the ball, not having the ball. LeBron looks at Luke Walton and says, no. LeBron starts with the ball. What is Luke Walton going to say? Well, I I don't know that LeBron would necessarily do that. I don't know what Luke the look. Say. But what I would say was like, listen, you you got to trust me the same way I trust you, right? right? You got to trust me. So let's do it this way. Let me try to help you this time. If this doesn't work out, we'll reconvene like in the office after the game or tomorrow morning, and we'll strategize about the best ways we can we can win games down the stretch. But tonight, give me a shot to help you, right? Trust me this one time, and see and let the chips fall where they may. You can't, as a coach, you cannot just start rolling over for a dude in game in game three. I want you to call right now. Who is the Lakers? Tyron Lue. Who is the Lakers Tyron Lue? What, what would that be? What does that describe it? Like, like in terms of a player or the no. or coach? Yeah. Yes. Who is LeBron going to have come in and coach? Oh, oh after you're Luke Walton. Who is the Lakers Tyron Lue? <laughs> I don't know who's on that staff. Um, I, I think that Luke, I think Luke winds up getting it done. I do. I think that they figure out how to play together. Look, the, the reality is they're, they're in a lot of these games. There, there is a whole lot of stuff that kind of has to be sorted out on the fly there in LA. A lot of personalities, a lot of overlapping skill sets. So it's just going to take a minute. But generally speaking, and we talked about it before we came on, I don't mean to dominate this, but like there's just no defense being played in the NBA right now. And if the Lakers would hang their hat a little bit on the defensive side of the ball, like I think that you would have an advantage in some of these games. Instead, it seems like they're just fascinated with the showtime. We're going to try to outscore you, which seems to be the trend in the NBA right now. Isn't that something that LeBron has always kind of prided himself on or no? Yes, he talks I about Spoh, it. I like Spo got that and Pat Riley got that ingrained in him. Like that to work hard to play defense. Though. Yeah, I think he talks about it. I don't think he is about it all the time. <laughs> right, right. Which is fact. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth noting because I think it, 
It's in 0-3. I guess it's a little bit concerning. But I think if you go back and look at the Heat with the big three, started slow. Yeah. When he returned to Cleveland, started slow. Like, it takes time for chemistry to develop. You know what? The Lakers are not the big three. Like no, 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 no. I'm no. just saying. But that's why I'm saying, like, I'm not ready to panic yet because they're right. 0-3. Like, they're going to be better in the in a, in a month than they are right now. Correct. And he took – listen, when you look at the roster that he went to the finals with last year in the Eastern Conference, albeit the Eastern Conference, um, this Lakers team has way more firepower than that. They'll be okay. Like, what they what their ceiling winds up being this year – it's debatable, but he'll, they'll figure it out uh, in L.A. But, but uh, you know, hosting a playoff series would be a great season. Absolutely, Lakers. Absolutely, and that's it. Yep. <laughs> Raptors look good. They're four and zero. It's it's gonna. They be don't win fun. the home the home series. They don't win it. <laughs> no, they're just gonna host it. <laughs> All right, Raptors look good. They're four and zero. Well, maybe tomorrow we'll get to some of the NBA stuff. All right, yeah. the, the defensive stuff because I think uh, where is it? it's not being played at all. But we got to do World Series. Because it is kind of a big. That was my only basketball. <laughs> Wait, we've been no, gone for a, we've been gone for a whole week. The Trust NBA me. season starts. We're gonna have like two a, minutes on we're basketball. Gonna, we're this gonna do like Raja a special we text. Hey, NFL. listen, I need the twi- Twitter mob. Somebody who wants to talk basketball. I've been waiting for three months to <laughs> talk basketball. Been here yesterday, dang it, because we got the World Series tonight. All right, Red Sox, Dodgers. <laughs> he, I love it. Is he driving I his wanna, mother-in-law back to Florida? I want to hear what Rasha thinks of Kershaw versus Sale. Go. Great ERA. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. His whip is phenomenal. No. <laughs> nice. No, I, I, I look, uh, he's got a chance to exercise some demons, right? Like he hasn't been the best, uh, version of himself in the playoffs thus Kershaw? far. No, I, in, in years past, he's had a yeah. good playoffs this year. Let him go. He's on a roll. <laughs> yeah, no, Don't ask up. him names. I've been watching baseball. Let him go. I've been watching baseball, but he's got a chance. Like, look, if he can, if he can help, um, have this LA team win a World Series after losing last year in seven, right? Against the mighty Boston Red Sox this year. And he does it convincingly. Like he's got a chance to put some naysayers to bed in terms of him being one of the greatest of all time because he hasn't had that postseason well, success. The ring right? takes care of all that. Correct. Yes, all Correct. That. Everybody forget. Correct. Yeah. But see, here's what drives me nuts. I thought he silenced the narrative because he's always, it's not like David Price who was 0-9 in the postseason with a six ERA in 11 starts. Like Kershaw, has had some bad games, but he's also had great games like he did against the Brewers when he got out of that bases loaded jam and then had like 13, uh, shut down 13 hitters in a row. Like I think he's already proven it, which drives me nuts that the only thing that's going to help him is a ring. You're talking about but different levels. Kershaw's in a different level. Yeah. I mean, don't compare Kershaw to Price. Okay. That's like comparing but LeBron still, to, right. to Bell. But don't you think he still gets Unfairly crazy. What is going on here today? <laughs> what is happening? I mean, like, oh, do you think he gets unfairly like crazy pills? It's the jacket. Raja. Don't you think he still gets unfairly criticized? <laughs> Raja took a crazy pill. That's what happened today. <laughs> don't you think he gets unfairly criticized still though to this point, Kershaw? No, you gotta you win. Don't. You gotta you win the big one. Prove if it. you're a Hall of Famer, best in the game, it's, it's the Barkley Ewing situation. I think you have to have rings to be considered the best. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it's a team sport, so you have to have a team around you, and Charles never could do it, or Patrick never could do it. Same in baseball, you've got to have defense, you've got to have offense, but Kershaw, to be the best, he's got to get the ring, and then it erases everything. He's got a lot of pressure on him this series, and this game especially, in Fenway, Ooh, it's gonna be game cold one, I, I, I like the Red Sox, period, in this series, because they're a better team, but I'm hoping for seven. How worried are you about Chris Sale's issues? Because he had, uh, you know, he missed a large portion of the lot uh, back end of the season. Then he had this virus, which was really weird, but he's been resting the whole time. Do you trust him in this spot? I'm like sorry, I missed that. Health? What virus did he have? I, I don't know. Whatever, what, with the belly button ring. That's not a virus. What? Whatever it was. What, whatever an, it was, okay, what was it? Tell, tell me what it was. Raja. I know he was joking about the, get he, Raja up to speed. Yeah. Okay. What? Chris Sale goes and, and hospitalized during the LCS. Yeah. He can't start game five of a playoff series. It comes out that he had an infected 
belly button ring hole. Wasn't what? that a hoax? Though? He's got a belly button. Wasn't ring? that a hoax? Though? This is the question. <laughs> Did he have a bad taco? Did he have a bad hole? What? No one what? knows. <laughs> it's a mystery. But what? But do you really? But I thought he was trolling the entire media by because he said it was his belly ring. But I think he was messing with people, wasn't he? Uh, can I? Do I get in trouble for saying I hope he was messing with people? <laughs> be, uh, I, don't know. So. I just, just lost five sponsors. I just, so <laughs> right. But so, do you trust him in this spot? I don't trust anything the guy says, <laughs> right, but exactly. his team is better. Yeah, 108 regular Better teams wins. win. Yes. Uh, I am a Yankees fan and a Marlins fan. You are? I am. Yankees are my American League team. <laughs> Marlins are my National League team. But I think I'm actually going to be rooting for the Red Sox. I actually think they're a likable team, and I can't stand Manny Machado. I think he's a dirty player, and it's really hard for me to get oh on board God. with him. I can't I actually, co-sign this. No. Why not? you're anti-Machado. Yes, he's, he's anti-Puig. Like, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, then I'm rolling with the Dodgers, just off GP. Just to do just it. Just off GP. I'm with What's GP? General principle. Oh. You're yeah. talking initials much more today. Are you just tired? D-H-O, G-P. Yeah, E-R-A. C-I-A. He said whip. So if anybody wants to put some action on the game tonight, you're putting on the Red Sox? I do not bet on baseball. I don't uh, bet on any I'm, sports. I'm not telling you what you're going to do. backdoor covers. What would you covers. recommend to do? Oh, I, you're Red taking Sox. the Red Sox. I'm taking right. the Red Sox. In a nasty weather situation. All right. In a nasty hey, weather situation. What does that you mean? You got to talk basketball for two minutes. You got to talk baseball for two <laughs> minutes. It's my turn to talk some football. That's coming up for next. 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bench. All right. We're back off the bench. Let's do some college football. It's my turn. Dang it. It's my turn. Let's have a look at my top eight. Because it was a crazy weekend. We actually had a little bit of shakeup. A yeah. team that I had in there last week in my top four was Ohio State. They got bounced. Rock. Purdue uh, dominated on that side of the ball. So really, and I wish there was a space we could put between Alabama one and two and then everybody else. And it would be a pretty significant space. Notre Dame. Michigan, David. Michigan, I'm telling you. Michigan get... has a legit chance to be in the playoff. I think they're the best team. I got to I gotta give Michigan some love. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate it on Harbaugh, and like you know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm dying with the lie. <laughs> All right. It's Harbaugh's last season so in you're, Michigan. <laughs> you're still not dying. You did go out there with that bold prediction after the loss to Notre Dame, which wasn't that crazy because it was an opportunity for him. Uh-huh. But they up to that point, they were 0 and 17 uh, in the last 17 tries on the road versus ranked opponents. Harbaugh was 0 and 4. They get off the schneid there, which was a great game. And I thought it was a real test for them because it was ugly conditions. It was cold. You had the pregame tussle with Devin Bush and, yeah. and their whole the wait, Michigan State. Wait, 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 wait. Bush wait. Lake. Did you just say it was like the weather was bad and it was cold? Like they, yeah, their was, campus isn't 25 minutes away from well, the other no, one? I'm just saying. It's not like Miami rainy, going to East was, Lansing. That is true. But it was rainy and it takes yeah. away some of their passing game, which they, they – but I thought Shea Patterson actually had a couple of big plays in that game that really shifted the focus of it. But I think – so – what you've got now is you've got Bama. Yeah. Even even if there were two spaces, it'd be Bama, then Clemson, then everybody else. Right. But I think there are a handful of teams that have the firepower to even be considered with Bama. Like I'm not I'm not picking any of them because Bama fans get so upset if they feel like I'm just bashing them undeservedly. I think it's Clemson can go toe to toe with them. I think it's Notre Dame can yeah. go toe to toe with them. Mm. I think it's Michigan. I think we're going to find out about LSU in two weeks. Yeah. When they play in prime time yeah. right here on CBS. Uh, and that's probably it. Because I don't think Texas can hang with them. What yet. about UCF? UCF. <laughs> so I am the scary biggest. Scary today. I don't know. I'm the biggest. You guys are on the same. Thing. <laughs> this is scary. I'm the biggest UCF fan that there is. Yes. No, I think they I deserve a chance. You're definitely not. I think they deserve a chance in an 18 playoff. In a four, I don't. 
I think if they played ten times, they might get them once. Uh, they would not get them one time. Zero I think they times. could get them once. They I think not. they could them once. Like in a quarter, <laughs> they could have a. They could have a. No, they couldn't. Tua, All these Tua and Jalen were hurt. Tua and Jalen are hurt, and they could get them one time in that scenario. Here's my question, and this is my big thing about. And I know you got to have the rankings, and only four teams get in, and so on and so forth. But you're really you're going to tell me that like Washington State is better than Ohio State, and I know Ohio State. Like look bad, yep. but they had like that's the the tough thing about college football is you can have a bad. Not that they're not good. I don't mean to take they anything away from them. Handled Oregon, like I, they had a really impressive win. I'm not taking anything away from them or UCF or anybody that fall like that, that fell like seven, eight, nine in that yep. list. But Ohio State like is a really, really good football team that had a bad day, and I'm not lobbying for them to be have, in that. I think Ohio State has serious problems within the locker room and on their coaching staff. Yeah. Cause there's, and even, this is always what happens. When there's adversity, you start finding out, like reporters start coming out with stuff. Urban Meyer is in a major, like, war with the, uh, the athletic director and the school president over all the stuff that happened when he was suspended three games. I think there's a, there's an attitude in that locker room, and I, I mentioned this a little bit yesterday, with Nick Bosa deciding to move on to the NFL. That's true. I think that's an attitude that has crept in where, what can I do just to get to the league? I don't really care about winning championships. Less about just, the program. It's less about the program. And, and whatever your opinion is, like Nick Bosa wants to go, that's fine. Yeah. But I think that's kind of crept in. And not just this year. I think the last several years. And I think there's just, there's not a dying desire to win championships for Ohio State. And I think that matters. Yeah, I, that I agree with you. Something to these guys. When they were able to knock off Bama and they had Cardell Jones out there playing and JT Barrett, they're sharing snaps. Nobody was selfish. Right. They're able to do something special. When there are a bunch of guys just thinking, hey, I want to get paid. It's that's how you get upset against Purdue. Yeah, bunch of guys you. saying I want to get paid in the clubhouse. I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> that's unbelievable. But I but I also think that's why I always liked college football because I felt like you had more guys that played because they loved the sport and because the money is so great now, I think you're seeing more guys with that mindset, which is just it's because the money's so big. Don't get hurt, get me to the NFL. Absolutely. Which you you have to be okay with, which I think why there is some pressure now from the NCAA to start paying guys if but I don't know if that solves the problem. Because the guys are still going to want the bigger payday. I think that happens at every school, though. I think, I think, I think you'd be, uh, I you'd think be it's like the top, the top ten or well, well, no, you have so many four and five stars. Every yeah, every school that is that, that we'd probably be talking about on this program, yes. right? Except like, UCF. Except UCF, correct? Hey, um, no, nah, but you see, see, UCF is like on the probably the other end of that spectrum. They're the team that brings in all the two star recruits and they get them to believe in UCF and right. culture and what we're doing, and they're able to sustain sustain a level of success because of that. It's it's harder, but that's why. You know, that's why coaching is important and that, that's your job as that coach is to get guys to buy into what you're motivated. Yeah. I've got a question for both of you guys. And if you answer it the wrong way, you're not ever allowed back on the podcast <laughs> and you're kicked off the podcast. He can't. I'm on the podcast. Oh, you're kicked off. My name is, yes. my name is on you the market with yours, bro. Currently, I'm the sometimes guy. <laughs> currently we have four teams yeah. in the playoff. Do you want eight? Yeah, I'm good with eight. Thank last, you. Yeah. Raja's yeah, back. All right, good. I was worried about you for a second. <laughs> it's never pause. Will it last an extra week? Like, how would it? Would okay. it all no, be it has four? Because there's so an you'd extra have to win games. two games. So yeah. it's an extra yep. round. Yep. I'm all in. I like there combination. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. And I'm in. Absolutely, because the system that we have now is it's flawed. Like it's broken. And Danny White, the athletic director for UCF, came out and had a great tweet uh, and called out everybody and said the system is broken because if you only have four spots, you have five Power Five conferences. Somebody's going to get left out every year. Last year there were two Power Five conferences, and you give zero chance teams like UCF, Correct. Boise State, Fresno, all these Group of Five teams. You're basically just 
you're not even like it's it's such a f- facade. Like they have no chance to get in. Yet you tell them they kind of do, but they don't. You should make like give a, them a chance. Give them another champion. Like if you're not going right. to let them in that one, let them play totally for another. Should. They should have a for group sure. Of five Reminds me of sure. the best uh, best picture category in the Oscars, where they say make it bigger. It used to be only five. Right. Get nominated now up to nine can be nominated, and it becomes an honor to be nominated. If it's an eighteen playoff, what'll happen is the last three four teams, yep. it'll just be hey, we made the playoff without a legitimate chance to win. Are you okay with that? Yes, but I think – see, that's the question that people have said. Well, UCF will get blown out by Bama. And let you might get, think that. Let them get blown out. Exactly. Let them get blown out. Yeah. And there might be an upset. You just yeah. never know. You don't. And that's I, why they play But I game. would say this. I'll sign my name in blood. Eight teams is the most I want to go to. I will not change my mind and say let's get 16 or let's get yeah, 32. Now you're talking about I think eight is perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with that. We're all eight on good. board. Yeah, Dang. good. I don't like it's the stamp. Boom. Gavel. No blood. All right. We got to get everybody caught up to on our fantasy Yeah. because we have our waiver wires lineup set. With Heath Cummins coming up next. And off the All right, let's bring in our guy Heath Cummings, our CBS Sports senior fantasy expert. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Heath Cummings Senior. Got to check him out, and also the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Those guys do a great job. All right, let's get right to it, Heath. Derek Carr. So Amari Cooper shipped off to the Dallas Cowboys. Does that really change Carr's value at all? It doesn't change it a lot, and I actually kind of like him this week as a streaming option. There are not a lot of great streaming quarterback options for Week 8, but Carr does get the matchup at home against an Indianapolis Colts defense that just isn't very good. And let's face it, Carr was pretty good when not throwing to Amari Cooper when Cooper was on the team. I think he can continue that. Um, hey, look, I'm looking to add a little punch at the running back spot. What do you think about Raheem Mostert? Is that his name? That is his name, and I think yeah. he may just be awesome. The, the story that nobody's talked about this year is no matter who the 49ers put at running back, they have been a very good running team. Matt Breida suffers an injury seemingly every week, and this time it sounds like he may actually take a week or two off. So it's going to be Raheem Mostert and Alfred Morris. And right now, Kyle Shanahan is leaning more Mostert's way. So he has some involvement in the passing game. He's averaged over six yards per carry. He's going to be a top 25 back in week eight. Heath, I was super excited when my guy Amendola finally found the end zone, and I think he's going to keep doing it. What, what, what do you have on him? Yeah, well, you've got the injury to Albert Wilson. You've got the injury to Kenny Stills. They don't really want to play Devontae Parker. I think Danny Amendola is going to be the man, especially with Brock Osweiler. We know the type of quarterback he's been. He's not looking to take shots down the field. He'd like to dump it off five yards and have the receiver do the work. That's the type of receiver Amendola is. I expect double-digit targets this week against Houston. Heath, you're the best, man. Thanks for joining us. Good stuff, as always, from our, our boy, like uh, Heath Cummings there. All right. Leftover. Now, so this is where I'm going to tick off our producer. Okay. I'm going off the script here. Do it. This is the type of friend I am, though, right? Because yeah. uh-huh. I want to talk some NBA. And we, yeah. I don't think we got uh, enough. We were all yeah. full last week. Okay. I want to hear your thoughts on the Chris Paul Rondo beef, which came to a head on Saturday, because I feel like you might know something about that, which goes back apparently like a decade. Yeah, they, they've always been at each other a little bit, right? That's one of those, you know, they were both really good guards. Rondo probably a little bit better years ago when he was with Boston. It, b- both fiery competitors will do what they need to do to get under your skin, even if that, you know, crosses the line into like a little dirty stuff. Which I, I did the same thing, so I, I'm okay with that. Um, I, I think though, that game was lost by the officials early in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, it was way too chippy early 
for the refs to just keep ignoring the stuff that was going on after the play, right? It's just little extracurriculars. And as a referee, um, it's your job. Like I know a lot of things I say aren't your job as a ref, but that is your job is to make sure that you don't see that chippiness take, take its next step in the second quarter and then watch it take two more steps in the third quarter. And now here we wind up, you know, with the fight in the NBA that really hasn't happened. Like when's the last time NBA guys actually threw hands? That was great. Right? It was, I thought I it was awesome it. too. Me too. Yeah. But I, that's what I thought happened. I thought that the refs kind of lost that game, um, early in the game. Did you ever have anybody spit on you? Uh, no. That's yes. It, yes, I did. Did yes. Rondo really spit? I think he did. Um, if you look, they had like a super slow-mo. There was like a gift that was going like it kept getting closer and closer. I don't think it was like a loogie, like a well, big one, but it was That ruins Roberto Allen's well, career. What was, <laughs> no, it, what was more interesting to me was the Brandon, Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Like incited that. And I, like, I, I kind of wanted to know what, what was going on with him, right? Cause usually young guys don't really go at older guys like that. And he was kind of going at James Harden and, you know, I get that you want your place on like the hierarchy of NBA right. stars, right? Yeah, but but you know, typically you don't see him get that fired up over a play that happened, you know, which was a, you know, a foul against James Harden. That was weird to me to see a kid like Brandon Ingram who's usually like pretty like he looks like he doesn't ever change his affect. Like you worry about him. You're like, "Yo, bro, you you know?" But what you should be excited about, don't you think? If he's at least showing some emotion. I, I liked it. Yeah, but I wanted to know. Like I wanted a deeper like dive into what was going on with him that game and where that, you know, where everything started. Who would you be playing at point guard for them if it was Rondo or Ball or Lonzo? Or Rondo. You would. You would say everything cuz they've gone back and forth. I guess yeah. Lonzo got the start last night. They're yeah, well, but a lot. No, Rondo got the no, Lonzo got the start. Yeah, Rondo suspended, right? Oh, that's yeah, Rondo suspended. Yeah, but look, I like Lonzo. Here's the problem with Lonzo and 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 LeBron is LeBron steps all over Lonzo's toes in terms of what Lonzo's really good at. And I'm not. Yes, LeBron is LeBron, so I would let him step on his toes too. But it kind of marginalizes what what Lonzo's able. There's to only do. one ball. Only one ball. Yep. Remember the 1983 Sixers? George McGinnis, Lloyd B. Free. Were you born in 83? Yeah, World Be Free. World Lloyd, Be Free. World Be Free. Yeah. Back then he was just yeah. Lloyd before yeah. he changed his name. And the problem with that team is one ball. Yeah. And Lonzo, LeBron, you can only run the offense through one guy. Yeah, no, totally. Um, it, but the, the NBA has seemed to figure out like how to take a, you know, everyone is scoring 115 plus points a game. Like if you teams 140 the other night, 125, 134, like those are huge numbers. So while there's only one ball, the pace of the game kind of solves a little bit of that now because they're getting up so many FGAs. They're not even running offense. But again, LeBron, it's going to be interesting. They want to play fast. LeBron wants the ball in his hand. So they've got to figure that out before they can really get that thing rolling in the right direction. What's an FJ? FGA? Field goal attempt. attempt. That's Come an on. FG. You're supposed to be Mr. Analyst. FGA. Oh, he just said FJ. I thought he said FG. FGA. I knew what he meant. I knew what you meant. Uh, you know where else there's only one ball? It's even dignifying that. You know where else there's only one ball? Where? Jacksonville Jaguars. They can't figure out who to give it to. <laughs> I think I Blake Bortles just got benched for Cody Kessler. That is not the solution. That's the only other quarterback. They actually announced yesterday they're going to start him again. Mm-hmm. There was this rumor kind of put out there. And I don't know where these rumors or reports start that Eli Manning, they should trade for Eli. Is anybody watching Eli this year? Yeah. I don't think that solves their problems. I think Derek Carr for the Raiders and the Raiders are look if they're looking to unload and tank, I think that's a pretty that good would be spot crazy. for him. Crazy. What would you get for Derek Carr? You got a first for uh, Amari. What would you get for Derek Carr? A second? I think you would. I think you might that's even it. be able to get a first. I'm just saying you got a you got a first for for he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. He's got this he's got his contract under wraps. Apparently there's an out in his contract, so you'd get him for a year. I would think you would at least get experiment a, with yeah. him. And I think it's a way better option. I think he is. I think Jacoby Brissett, which you might be able to get for less than a first. Jacoby Brissett. Um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy B. You don't give up a first for a one year. 
for I think it's right. See, that's the problem. That's why to me it's a second because but, of that but you have the option on his. He's right. He's, the team has an opt. After you have the all the year, leverage. Right? Yeah. Right. No, yeah. but I hear but you at that, at that salary. I got you. I got yeah. you. I got you. I mean, but but the, to me, the fact that they were talking about Eli just makes zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. Especially with the Leonard Fournette stuff going on. Something's going on with Leonard Fournette where they don't like him because they just traded for Carlos Hyde, and I think that was a clear message to Leonard Fournette saying, "Hey." We see you over there taking all these weeks off because you have a hamstring or whatever it is. We need you on the field. If not, we're moving on. I think I think he's close to being a bust as Let, far as a mentality. Because when he's healthy, he goes and he balls out. But I think he's a hundred percent guy. I think he has to be a hundred percent. And if he's not, he shuts it down. And I think ja- I think Jacksonville's very frustrated with him. Um, they should be frustrated with the defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, he's talking frustrated all that with that. Giving up sixty points the last two weeks. Get out of here, man. Yeah, I was, I was, I was on the Jalen train a few weeks ago. I like him. Too. I do like Jalen. But if you're gonna talk smack, you gotta answer questions. You gotta, you gotta answer questions and then back it up, brother. Because yep. right now you're getting roasted. Yep. World I'm on the Bortles train, just so you know. World Series picks. You are. Okay. I am. Red Sox in seven. I'm saying Red Sox in six. Dodgers in six, baby. <laughs>